Welcome to another episode of B-Movie Chat. Today, we're going to discuss sequels. No, not your run-of-the-mill, straight-to-redbox, overlooked sequels. I'm referring to the sequels that can stand on their own feet and stare the original right in the eye and say, I am just as good as you, if not better. I'm Phantom Dark Dave. And I'm B-Movie Paul. So, let's talk about sequels. Yeah, sequels that don't suck. Now, that's something that seems very rare. It's like seeing a unicorn with um, Bigfoot riding it or something like that. Yeah, I think what it boils down to, for some of us, when you have a movie that's really good, the sequel really, most times, is bad. But in some instances, when a movie is bad, sometimes the sequel can't be any worse, which makes it actually good. And I think some of the titles we might discuss in this uh, talk is uh, might throw some people. Definitely. So, what off the top of your head, what are some sequels you think are actually better than the originals? Okay. So, I'm not going to go in any particular order with this. We're just going to throw these out. But uh, when I think about a part two that's better than a part one, I'm going to go with Friday the 13th part two. Yeah, that one, yeah, the first one with Jason Voorhees, that was a really good film. It's um, definitely more iconic to the series than the first one was, because Jason's not even in the first one. It's his mom killing people. And if it had ended like that, it would probably would have been forgotten about after uh, a few years. Yeah, which, don't get me wrong, man, Mrs. Voorhees, a terrific serial killer. It, Friday the 13th's a good movie, but... Something about part two, continuing the story, you know, they introduce a new group of counselors. I like these group of counselors a lot better. They're much, I mean, the cast from the first one's lively, but there's something just inviting about the storyline in part two. And I almost wished I was at that camp, you know, with the the exception of the fact that there's a killer there, right? But um, the potato sack, you know, the burlap sack over Jason's head, very effective. You know, reminds me of, you know, Town That Dreaded Sundown type stuff there. It was really awesome. The death scenes are really cool, and the end sequence was just freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. And the thing about that is, like, you know Jason is some kind of supernatural killer. He's got, like, beyond human strength. And, man, he is he's violent as all hell. Like, it's not like with, like, Michael Myers where he'll stab somebody, but you kind of feel like, you know... If I were to fight this guy, I'd have a bit of a chance of that. Next, Jason will Jason will kick your ass. Like he's a he's a strong guy. Like he's he's not a guy you even want to like like have stare at you because you know you know once he's in, you're in his sights, you're you're dead. Like you're not going to overpower this guy. And I thought that film did it so well. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jason Voorhees became so iconic because he's just. He's just there to kill you, like, and he's stronger than you. He's faster than you. He's going to get you. Yeah, and you know that movie was only a year, if not two at the most, right after the original. So the audience for that was still there. The atmosphere was still there. I mean, it's it's a return to Camp Crystal Lake, and you know, with some sequels, they do it all wrong. You know, you you're like, oh, we're going back to the same camp. That doesn't even look like the same camp. Or now I have a whole different tone these actors are worse these death scenes are really cheesy you know and in this movie i feel like everything was on par like you know i give credit where credit's due with tom savini doing the effects in the original he didn't do the effects in part two but the effects were still really awesome in part two and i just you know 
the pitchfork, the machete, you know, all the instruments of destruction used. Um, like you said, man, Jason's mean, right? right? And you and you got that in this movie. Like, it's, this is violent. So, you know, the original Friday 13th, spoiler, right? Like Paul said, it's the mom, right? Mrs. Voorhees. And it's, it's believable, right? But we both know that this Mrs. Voorhees isn't going to sit there and lift you up over your head and chunk you into a tree or, or anything of that caliber. So we're introduced to this massive monstrosity, Jason Voorhees, and, man, he just brings it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So, But that's my love for a sequel that I think, personally, is better than the original. So how about you, Paul? What do you think? Um, one sequel I think is better than the original I'd have to go with is Aliens. I actually did really like Alien, but... Aliens is that's definitely the best in the series and for a film that kind of came out of nowhere too because Alien like it was not super well known when it first came out and then when they decided to make a sequel it was like wow this works so well and like all the iconic scenes are there with um, Sigourney Weaver and that machine fighting um, the fighting the alien and everything. It's just, that was one where it definitely surpassed the original, I have to say. I think that really everything about it was better than the original. Yeah, the first movie's great. Everybody loves Alien, right? But Aliens, just, it brought this new, this new sensation of, wow, this movie's fun, right? And, and we don't have to go into extreme detail. We all love Bill Paxton in this movie. We all love the one-liners. and That's over. right. That's right. I said no detail. You had to do it. I had to. It's <laughs> Game <awesome>. over, Paul. <laughs> but, um, no, and you know, just aliens running around getting shot up. You got that. With the, correct me if I'm wrong, was it Marines? Were they considered Marines on the yeah, ship? I'm I think that's sure right. Marines, yeah. Anyway, they're they're military. We'll go with that. That's safe. They're military, and they're they're slaughtering aliens, and aliens are fighting back. And you got Mother Queen Alien, and you got the like you said, the machine fight, kind of like a mech warrior. If anybody played that game, just face off there, and um, yeah, I mean the, the the effects were just again a step up. You know, I think um, a lot of the interactive crew was just a step up. There was a lot more energy in that movie there so i actually agree with you um they are kind of two different films the, you know the, the alien movie was a lot more sci-fi a lot more scary where aliens was a lot more sci-fi adventure like like action-packed it was scary but like you know you got all the gunplay it was definitely more of an action type movie but uh between the two you got to give it to aliens definitely i think um sigourney weaver's character got a lot of um i don't why i keep calling her that it's ripley but she got a lot more character development, like having to take care of the uh, kid and everything. Just like she was there to fight and everything in that one, which I thought was really cool. Whereas the other one, she was there to survive. And that one, she was a badass. And I thought that that was the defining point of her character. Like I've seen all the all the alien films, and that one, they go downhill after that. They definitely do. But that one just was the shining epitome of that series. And look at that! The first two sequels we mentioned were in favor of the, the last girl, you know, the female survivor, the the badass, right? Oh, yeah. So, touche. You ready for another one? Yep. I started thinking about originals and sequels. A lot of people might disagree with this one. But for me, I think Resident Evil Apocalypse, the second one, was better than the first one. 
It definitely wasn't worse. I kind of have them both like even just because they were such different movies. I mean, they're both better than the third one and the fourth one and all the other ones. But well, Apocalypse had more to do with the actual zombie apocalypse going on and like with the nemesis and all that. Plus, they actually had characters from Resident Evil, which was kind of cool. And that was pretty neat. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I actually enjoyed that one a lot more. So the first one was basically them going through the whole inside the company and everything and trying to survive. But the, the second one was more what you'd expect. This is an actual zombie outbreak going on. And it kind of felt more like a Resident Evil kind of film. And I think overall it was just more fun to watch. Yeah, and uh, the reason I brought that one up right now is I'm going to piggyback off the Alien because I think it's the same thing over and over. You have Alien, which was a horror movie, and Aliens, which was more of an action. And then same aspect, Resident Evil was... They went for horror, and then the second one, they're like, let's have fun. And so they created the Nemesis character, which the special effects were awesome. But then now you have your main character, you know, running down the side of a building, dual, you know, dual pistol shooting. I mean, motorcycle flying. I mean, that was a lot of fun in that one. So I think for me, you know, stories both good, but number two comes on, does everything the first one did fine, but says, let's have more fun. Definitely, I can't argue that one. All right, so continuing the sequel talk, we're uh, we're three for three on that. I'm, I'm waiting for us to get into an argument here. What do you got next? All right, the next one, uh, I'm not sure what you'll think of this one, but I'm going to go with Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. This I think that is the perfect sequel. I think it's a lot better than A New Hope, even though I thought that was a good film. Empire Strikes Back, in my opinion, is a nearly perfect film. I would actually give that a 10 out of 10 just because it's so well-crafted. And for the fact that it's a sequel is kind of mind-blowing just because it it pulled it off better than almost any film I could possibly think of. There's more character development. It ends on a downer, which was so surprising. And it's just so interesting the entire time. Everybody has something, something going on. There's like an interesting story going on with everything. They really expand upon the force and the backstory behind the characters. It was, yeah, in my opinion, the perfect sequel. I, I can't think of a single sequel better than that. I mean, there are more sequels I like, which we'll get into later, but I think of all the sequels I've ever seen, that one is the shining epitome of sequels done right. So is that one your favorite Star Wars movie altogether? Oh, by far, yeah. Okay. Um, for me, uh, it's tough, but I will agree with you for the for the uh, the idea that I like it when the bad guy wins because it doesn't happen enough. Sorry for all your good guys out there, right? But uh, I really do like A New Hope, but deep down everybody knows I'm a Trekkie. So when you want to have me make a decision on Star Wars, I'll just be like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, I can tell you, I haven't seen Empire Strikes Back in a really long time, but if I'm remembering it correctly... We got a Hoth planet, right? There's a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. we, we're, we're cutting an animal up and getting inside the guts to stay warm. Okay, I'm still on board. Um, let's see here. Is Billy D. Williams in this movie more? Um, he. This is the first time he was introduced. The first time. I oh, okay. Well, there's a plus. Was, um, okay. There right. you go. Original Two Face. There you go. Um, so that's a plus. And then I remember they fly in this whole thing, and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, they're flying out, and this thing like, you know, eats you after. Okay. And then, of course, there's the entire end, which nobody forgets, right? And, in fact, out of all the Star Wars, that that may be one of the most copied lines ever, right? Oh, yeah. um, 
So I, I, I will go ahead and agree with you on that one. We can't fight yet. All right. So what's your next for uh, great sequels? Okay. I'm going to say Silence of the Lambs from 1991 because it is a direct sequel to Manhunter which came out in like 89-ish. Manhunter was an okay movie. If it never had had any sequels or anything after, it probably would have been just one of those movies people forget about, no big deal. But Silence of the Lambs introduced Anthony Hopkins, and from then on, he has been the Hannibal Lecter. So anybody out there who knows what I'm talking about, some people haven't seen Manhunter. Some people are like, what the hell is he talking about? I thought it was called Red Dragon. Well, Red Dragon is a remake of Manhunter. <laughs> but all in all being said, Silence of the Lambs is still the first sequel in that series. And who doesn't like Silence of the Lambs? You know, I've seen a Red Dragon, but I never actually saw uh, Manhunter. But, so I can't really make too much of an opinion on it. I know um, Silence of the Lambs is definitely better than Red Dragon, but... There you go. Yeah. Well, Sons of the Lambs is one of the best horror films I've seen. It's so yeah. interesting. Hannibal's character is just so menacing. And he's a guy, for the most part, he's in an insane asylum. Like, even so, like, having, like, really no nowhere to go. He's so menacing and scary. Like, you constantly think he's just going to get you because he's, he's so intelligent. He's so cunning that even when he's behind bars it still feels like he's got the upper hand and it's so well done. And just everything about that film is amazing. And every time Anthony Hopkins talks, it's almost like he's peeling himself under your skin. You know, he's very menacing, but in a threatening yet non-threatening way, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but anybody who's seen it can be like, yeah, I mean... I'm glad he's on that side of the glass, and I'll stand tall against him, but man, if that if there was any other circumstance, I would not be near this guy. He's the type of guy where he'll talk to you and it's like, hmm, maybe cannibalism isn't so bad after all, you know? I, I can, he's made a very good point for this. <laughs> is, he, is he James Bond? <laughs> it's like if James Bond was a um, psychotic uh, cannibal, it would be um, Hannibal Lecter. There you go. So we are four for four. There's got to be a breaker in here somewhere. Let's see if you can do it. All right. For my next one, I'm going to go with The Evil Dead 2. I love The Evil Dead, but The Evil Dead 2 is just... I mean, come on. When you watch The Evil Dead, you're not sure if they're, like, trying to be silly because, like, the effects are so low budget. But you you see that, and then in the sequel, they just use everything correctly. It's It's still got that low budget charm, but it's funny, it's entertaining, and... I think that's where, like, a lot of um, Ash Williams' character, the one we know, really got developed. I mean, later there was Army of Darkness, which I I personally really like, but um, his character was definitely more defined and got a lot of his quirks from Evil Dead 2, and that's really where the uh, great one-liners of that series, like, originated from. Army of Darkness, like, went crazy with it, just kept going and made it amazing, but... Evil Dead 2 is where I think a lot of the most iconic stuff from Sam Raimi's um, series really came from. Ding, ding, ding. And now the fight begins. No, sir. I am an Evil Dead number one guy. So everything you said is true. And I love Bruce Campbell and the corniness is hilarious. And he lives that role better than anybody could. But there's something about the first Evil Dead, as silly as some parts may be, it's still pretty dang scary. 
Um, it's gruesome. You really don't know what to think of it, and there's some things that happen in there um, that are very unnerving. And uh, just the whole, you know, lady in the basement slamming the cellar door to the, the trees and the woods attacking you and, and the POV cameras that they do. And, and I know they do that in the other ones, too. But um, I knew I was waiting. That's why I kept putting it on the spot. I'm like, when's he going to say? Because I know Paul loves Evil Dead 2 and 3, which is Army of Darkness. Um, but does he know that I actually like Evil Dead 1 more than those two? And if we're really going to get into it, I'm really going to piss people off because I like the Evil Dead remake the best out of all of them. But that's going to be a topic where we will handle that another time. But yeah, what's left to say? I mean, Bruce Campbell is awesome. He could be in anything. There's all, he, He's like Jeffrey Combs to me. I mean, those guys are level playing field, you know. But uh, in the conversation of here, we're, we're going to call it a, a four to one turnoff. I, I do not agree. I do like The Evil Dead. It's a fun film, and I, I love how goofy it is, and it is genuinely scary. Like For such a low-budget film, especially during that time period, they pulled it off well, and it definitely deserves its cult classic status, but Evil Dead 2, in my opinion, is such a fun film that it doesn't, it doesn't completely overshadow the original, because nothing could ever do that, but I just feel like if I had, to, if I had both DVDs and I only had a certain amount of time I'd probably pick up Evil Dead 2, to be honest. There you go. Okay, question for you. So I debated on this for a while. So far, we've been right on par. But I left the definition pretty loose. When I said, let's talk about sequels, I didn't say strictly number twos. Now, I know that's all we've been writing down and talking about. But do we want to break the ice with any sequel better than the original? Or do we want to stick with the direct number two? It sounds like you've got something in mind, so yeah, let's. Um, I have at least one it. movie in mind, and I'm really ready to hear about this one. So, a more modern film that's been out has produced a trilogy, and I liked all three movies. However, I felt the third film was the best in the series. It's a little ridiculous, but it brings back a returning cast. It still gives you the same unsafe feeling. It kind of isolates you away from a safety zone. And to me, The Purge Election Day was far better than Anarchy and the original. I actually haven't seen Anarchy yet. Um, I saw. I mean, I haven't seen um, Election Year yet. I saw Anarchy and I saw the first one. Didn't really like either one of them, so... I... Well, then, you might agree with me because, you know, I like it for what it is. And the second one... You know, okay, I, I see what you're doing with that, and you're, you're running with it. But the third one, yeah, I'm like, okay, a third purge. Wow, who cares? What are they going to do now to impress me that the first two haven't already done? So then I go to watch it, and I'm like, oh, I, I see what's going on. I recognize some people. That's really cool. I, I like how they did that. And you're watching it. Okay, the, the effects are still, wow. And, and what they do to you in part three is they spend a long time doing character development, which is the best thing you could do for a story, is get me attached to your characters. That way, I don't want anything to happen to them. And then when I know that something's going to happen, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm not doing anything else but watching your movie. And when you see Election Day, you will know what I'm talking about. So this is very cool that I brought this up, because I did not know you had not seen the third one. Yeah, it's one of those films where I, I really didn't like... Um anarchy just because the whole time i'm thinking 
man, this is what they call anarchy. I could do anarchy better than these losers. Like, man, put me in this purge and we'll we'll have a much oh, no. better time. But I, I think the thing that really killed me for the for that series was at the end of uh, spoiler alerts, if you've seen um Purge Anarchy, they've got a bunch of the characters they auction them off to a bunch of rich people and then they have them in this like maze thing to survive. I'm like, why would you purposely give the char- the people that you're just trying to kill a way to potentially kill you? And it just came off as so stupid and like so poorly written that I just I that turned me off from the whole thing. I'm like, okay, you're not really taking this film seriously. Like, why should I take it seriously? So, I I mean, I'll take your word for it. I will now break my um, swearing off of that series and watch um, Election <laughs> Year. So you've sold me on that, but I I just did not. I was not bought on the purge. I. There are so many flaws. Not even it's like flaws in like the logic of it, but just like the way it's it's executed. That you already need to take a, a leap of faith to believe that society would act this way just because you legalized murder for a day. But the way they go about it is just seems so forced. And there are times where it's like, okay, I get what they're trying to do, but could they do it a little more subtle? Um, I, I guess. I'm not really a big fan, but I, I will watch that one now. You've you've convinced me. So. Awesome, job complete. Mission accomplished. That's right. For the next sequel, I can think of. I'm gonna go with The Dark Knight over Batman Begins. Batman Begins was good for a Batman film. They had Raza Ghul in it. And I thought that was kind of cool. He really wasn't in the. He wasn't in the other live-action films of Tim Burton ones, but I already know Batman. At that point, I already knew Batman's backstory. I'd seen it a million times. I'm like, do you really want to see this? And The Dark Knight came out. I'm like, well, I wonder how this is going to go. You know, he's going to fight the Joker. But man, that one really surprised me. The way they portrayed it, it was more about Gotham City and the role that each character had. And you had the Joker, who was a guy who was just trying to break that up, and he was trying to cause chaos for the sake of chaos and to show that the world as you know it can be broken apart and i was really impressed by it i was surprised it was as good as it was so that's definitely one sequel i have to say i thought was better than the original yep and i agree with you i enjoyed batman begins the scarecrow is my favorite batman villain so for me to pick another movie even against the only live action one the scarecrow's in says a lot but heath ledger as the joker I mean, come on, that was awesome. Nobody expected him to be as amazing as he was. And um, the movie's long. It does drag on for a long time. It's a long Batman movie. But the best part is is it's not the backstory beating, so that's kind of cool. And, you know, it's fresh. You see new characters, but fresh takes on there. You got, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan's Vision. Yeah, that's so cool you brought that up. I completely forgot about those movies for this because I was so focused on horror. But uh, yeah, in thinking about sequels that surpass the original, I would say that The Dark Knight is definitely better than Batman Begins. Oh yeah, one of those nice surprises that just you don't expect, but it it, it got the job done. I wonder what the beat of the bat thinks of that one. I think <laughs> we talked about that one a little bit. He seemed to, He seemed to like that one a lot too. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, somehow you left me out of that one. (laughs) Probably because you didn't need me to uh, start a frenzy. I feel like if um, you'd been there, we would have been there for hours. Because I I know, like myself, I I never shut up about Batman. But um, 
Mr. Uh, Pat Evans, the guy making the documentary The Beat of the Bat, he he's a Batman expert. Like if um anyone listening to this, um follow him on Twitter, follow his um film that he's making. But yeah, there's a guy who knows his Batman stuff. So diving into another sequel that perhaps is better than the original. I've thought about it. I've rethought about it. I've taken it back, but then I've written it back down. And the more I think about it, I pick Insidious number two over Insidious number one. Hmm, I'm going to have to think about that one for a second. The reason I say that is there's nothing wrong with the first one. Hell, there's nothing wrong with that trilogy, okay? Anything James Wan, Lee Wan will do together is always just a, a hair under perfect. I mean, it's always great, right? But the reason that I have to go with Insidious 2 over 1 is I love the way that they tied back into the first one. The story was a little more in-depth. I think there was a few more jump scares. The acting was still great. They kept everybody, which is so cool that they do that these days. Um, but in watching Insidious 2 and seeing backstory of the dad and seeing what's going on with the family and with the house and everything, I just I, it sent chills down my spine whenever they kind of show you, okay, do you remember part one when we did this scene? Ha, this is really what it was. So no spoiler, I'm not giving that away because I, I would be pissed if somebody had told me. But that that those reasons right there just really push two right above one. It's close, but I have to put number two first. You know, I think I'm going to agree with you on that one because the fir- the second one, one of the things I liked about it was the fact that they weren't trying to convince anybody that about the ghost or the spirits or the... Um, outer levels or anything like that which was nice i mean you obviously had to have that for the first one but it was kind of nice where everyone kind of already knew what was going on and there there's a decent amount of things that are really good about that one of my favorite scenes in that is where the kid who was the main focus of the first one so when he goes to sleep his like a spirit will leave his body then all these demons try to inhabit it there's this great scene where he's asleep and he doesn't realize it and then all these like demons are like attacking him and then he realizes he's outside his body and then he has to get in like before it, it can be possessed and that was a great scene plus like you said like the way they tie in the first one there are certain things that were you didn't know how they happened the first one they tied those real together and ultimately it was just a very satisfying ending it was mm-hmm. it was surprisingly happy like the family who i like they're a nice family they're very nice people they're very likable and it was just nice to see them kind of have a happy ending that I just felt they deserved so I really hope they're not in the next one not because I didn't like them but I kind of feel like their story's over and I just kind of I kind of like the idea of them just living the rest of their lives without any of this like crazy bullshit going on so I yeah I'll give I'll give it to you on that one I I love both films the third one I thought was all right I think that it wasn't as good as the first two but I yeah, I'm going to have to go with the second one. It was definitely the best in that trilogy, at least so far. Somewhere, someone out there is really upset with us. <laughs> Somebody's a big fan of the third one. Like, no, the other ones suck. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> hey, all around, those are three awesome movies, and I cannot wait for number four. Opening night, you don't hear that often from me, but opening night, I will be there for Insidious 4. 
sounds good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I didn't see any of the ones in theater, but that seems like it would be a really cool experience, a reason to actually spend money to go to other movies. It is really cool because Insidious is dark. Like, a lot of the movie is dark, and you only follow little glimpses of light on the screen that kind of highlight the focus areas and the characters. And as long as there's nothing wrong excuse me, nothing wrong with the movie theater you're in and all the speakers work, you can actually hear spirits kind of floating past you and the whispers going around you. So Insidious, they do really good with their audio track too, just geeking out for a second. Definitely. Alright, so another sequel that's better than the original. Well, I can't believe I didn't say this before, but Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I think that one is, and I actually like the original. A lot of people don't for whatever reason, but I think James Cameron's sequel was better than the first one. I like the fact that the Terminator uh, machine actually had actually had some depth to it. He had personality, him bonding with the kid, kind of learning what it meant to be human, trying to like uncover the conspiracy with the company and everything, and just trying to stop a basically an inevitable future was just really fun to watch. I thought it was really great. The characters were all well-developed, and yeah, overall, I'd say, in my opinion, I think it's better than the first one. Uh, hell yeah, T2 rocks, man. Uh, T1000 is awesome. They bring back Linda Hamilton from the first one. Uh, they bring back Arnold and say, you're really badass. Just be a good guy, right? Fight this other guy who's badass. You'll be okay. And I mean, what's not to like Arnold Schwarzenegger on a motorcycle, you know, flipping a shotgun around his finger, somehow loading it and shooting. Oh, and then um, not to mention Edward Furlong was probably my favorite version of John Connor. You know, I know as the movies went on, the character was a little older, right? But the choices they made with, like you said, the bonding between him and, and then the younger kid who, who, I don't know, what was he, like 12, 13, something like that. Uh, it just, it really made him attached and it almost gave, which is impossible, right? But the Terminator, like, a heart, like, I need to protect you because it's my mission, but also you need my protection, and you can't defend yourself, so I want to protect you. And a lot of that came out uh, in the movie. And uh, we don't even have to get into the effects. The effects are freaking insanely awesome. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think that there will be a very limited few who would disagree with you on that. Most definitely, and the t- like you said, the T-1000, the whole liquid metal thing was amazing, and seeing that the Terminator, who in the first one seemed like an almost unkillable machine, basically outmatched by this much better machine was really intense, like, that, that just made it all the scarier and all the more fun, like, when they finally like, kill him, and, like, just him trying to escape from him was, it, it was a fun time, especially with the fact that the T-1000 could change it to any person, like, you never knew who he was, and it was... Yeah, that, that film is just amazing. Like, it's it's definitely the best in the series. You know something that I really like? Is Robert Patrick, the guy that played T-1000 in the movie, he's had a good career. I mean, you know, he's remembered for T-1000, right? Um, but, you know, he did stuff on um, True Blood. You know, he, he did uh, From Dust Till Dawn Part 2, which... Okay, there's another one, right? But um, there, there's he, he got involved. A little, he was in the faculty. You know, he did a lot of stuff, um, but he wasn't typecasted. Like, people remember him as that, but he didn't get stuck with crap roles because he was the T-1000 Terminator character. He was able to play that 
impossible typecasted role, but still managed to do a great job and then go on and do you know a variety of other things. So I thought that was really cool. He he got lucky with that that he did so good and that it you know his career just kind of blossomed. Definitely. I mean, he's he's a really good actor. I mean, everything I've seen in him, I I think he's done a pretty good job. So I'm going to dive back into a Lee Wannell, James Wan conversation. I'm really going to step on somebody's toes now because I like The Conjuring Part 2 better than The Conjuring Part 1. I know I've seen one of them, but I'm not sure which one I saw. And I only saw part of it, so I'm really not able to... Okay, does the word word none mean anything to you? Yes. Okay, Uh, the first one, it's a haunted house. There's the, you know, ghost witch uh, exorcist type character. There's the clap game, you know, and that movie's really good. That movie's scary. But in part two, we bring back our same two characters. We send them over to London, right? And we put them in a place where they're not comfortable because they've never been here. They're doing just that, that one more investigation. You know, it's not even a full investigation. We just need your opinion. Just, just come check this out. And boy, what they walk into, they weren't prepared for. And it's so bad that they even go as far as to say, we're not doing this ever again after today. Like, this is the last one. And man, when they introduce the nun character, shit hits the fan, dude. Like, that character is scary looking. The way they hide the character right in front of you, and then it's pops right back out at you um the creepy old man just everything they do in it it's one of those movies just like insidious if i was to say if you were like dave um what do you rate conjuring one and two i'd be like conjuring you know eight conjuring two nine i mean it's close yeah that's definitely a series i'll have to check out i've heard nothing but good things about it so i'll have to get back to you on that one but Definitely sounds like fun. Yeah, and I like how, you know, Insidious and Conjuring uh, revolve a lot of the same talent, but especially um, the main character, uh, Patrick Wilson. Man, he's a cool actor, man. I like him. We don't even think about The Watchmen, you know, just he's good. (laughs) So, you got anything else on your list? Let's see. Um, This one I'm kind of torn with because I personally think I like it better, but I can definitely see why people would like the original better. I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead, which is my favorite zombie movie. I think it was it's a lot of fun, and it just takes what the original brought and just makes it bigger and better. And it didn't create a new kind of genre like Night of the Living Dead did with zombies. I still think a lot of the things we think of when we think of zombie films kind of came from Dawn of the Dead, and it's just so much fun to watch. I, I love that film. Ding, 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 fight number two. Okay, so I even thought about this for a while. I I love both movies, and you said it right. They're not the same movie. When I started thinking about pros and cons and, and what each film really meant to me and the definition of a zombie film, and everybody knows I love classic. Everybody knows I love black and white. Everybody knows tons of things about me, but these movies come very close to each other. And I loved the blue zombies. I don't care if people hated them. I loved what they did, you know, with the blue paint makeup and the zombies in the mall. And it was awesome. But I just think the farmhouse was creepy as hell. And I loved the gut punch ending. 
aside of all the nostalgia and, and all the things that made you know the first one uh, a groundbreaking film the first time they did flesh-eating zombies uh you know zombies back to life and that whole thing you know saying you already you already get that credit where credits do that doesn't even count what about it? it just the location is scary and the acting is fantastic in the end of the movie just oh man if you, if you don't know what the end is you don't see the end coming Definitely. Yeah, that was a tough one, and it was really... I went back and forth about picking that, but overall, it's the idea of being stuck in a mall when zombies are attacking, and I thought it was so well executed, and it's such a fun movie. That's one of those films where, if it's like on TV, I will drop everything that's going on to watch that film, because I just think it's so much fun. And it's that's nothing against Night of the Living Dead. I love Night of the Living Dead. I think it's a phenomenal movie that everyone should watch, but... I just think that the that Dawn of the Dead is is a bit more fun, and overall, it, it just came to the fun factor, and I had to give it to it. There you go. Well, this whole thing is not. Uh, <laughs> we didn't pull these from books, and we're definitely not going to be graded on this. This is personal preference, so you you have a right to choose. You know, Dawn of the Dead over Night Living Dead. But if I may piggyback off this. Okay. You know, Dawn of the Dead had Ken Foray in it, and he's freaking awesome. I love that guy. So I'm going to take him, and I'm going to bring him to my next topic, which is, I don't think anybody in the world will disagree. But for me, a sequel that lived up to the original and also said, I'm going to go ahead and put this crown on, I'm now better than you, Devil's Rejects over House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, I gotta give that one. I I definitely thought Devil's Rejects was more fun, and I yeah, I'll give I'll I'll definitely agree with that one. I love Rob Zombie. Everybody knows that these movies are freaking awesome. Both almost flawless, right? Sensational acting, great writing, great music, fun and scary environments, very um, in your face type raw death scenes very very much like a homage to a texas chainsaw massacre type stuff but man something about these movies i think the cast was really comfortable and they, their characters kind of became self-aware they were comfortable in their roles and they were able to perform like times two so like let's talk bill mosley okay bill mosley playing otis driftwood in the first one yeah, I mean, he's sadistic. But in the second one, he's just, like, livid. He is pissed the whole time, and he has a right to be. His family's getting shot up, and he's on the run. His beard's all grown out. His hair's all nasty, man. He just, he's like, badass. And he even says it. Do you want badass, motherfucker? I'm badass. I mean, he knows he's badass, and he shows it. And I love that about Bill Mosley, especially in this movie. But then you get to see Sid Haig more in the movie. You know, Captain Spaulding. And you're like, oh man, he's funny, and he's badass. I got two characters like that. And then Sherry Moon, she comes along. Oh, she's awesome. She's sweet. She, what is she doing right there? Okay, that's three badass characters. I mean, you just <sighs> the thing about Devil's Rejects, man. The soundtrack was awesome. The scenery was awesome. Just the the Bonnie and Clyde, just on the run type stuff that they do and that super climatic ending where all of a sudden are we are we rooting for the bad guy what's happening here and, and i absolutely loved when he did the twist like that yeah those that was a really good one 
Yeah. I think, yeah. It was between <laughs> those two films and then the, the last Rob Zombie film I saw was Halloween, which I hated. So it's like nice to remember the good ones. Which, speaking of Halloween, that brings me to another sequel that was very hard to pick, but overall I had to because it just barely beats the original, which is Halloween 2. I I think the original was a lot of fun. It was great. And to be honest, these two films really work better watched one after the other because they tell a complete story. But just the way the second one ends where it's so conclusive and it's so appropriate to that series that once they started having more of them, it just kind of fell apart. And of course, I mean the John Carpenter ones, not the Rob Zombie ones. So I'm going to give that to Halloween 2 over Halloween 1. It's barely wins but i just thought that it uh certain parts of it were just a bit better done ding 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 okay i no longer have to worry about anything i said on this podcast because i think you just pissed everybody in the world off right now (laughs) oh man so dude the cool thing is is you're right halloween one and two watched right after each other is just one long perfect horror movie I love the second one, but I disagree. I think the first one definitely stands out um, just a bit above part two. And and maybe that's just me, you know, just loving everything about it and and looking at it and going, I'm not, I can't even nitpick this movie where then you look at the second one, you're like, well, there's, there's this, this, but those films right there, one and two, right after two, stop, right? The rest of the series, don't get me wrong, I enjoy, right? Like, I'm a horror movie guy. I love Halloween, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, a million, right? Okay, maybe not eight. Anyway, um, <laughs> I love the atmosphere of the hospital, but damn it, how is that hospital so uninhabited? Where is all the people? <laughs> I've been Mike to hospitals and ERs. Yeah, oh, he killed everybody. I've been to the ER my son at midnight. There's people there. Don't give me that. But I, you know what I love is... It's a different director, partly new cast, but you still get the love, the appreciation, and the tone is still there. Like, they weren't filmed exactly back-to-back. They weren't filmed with the intention of having a sequel. But Rick Rosenthal's like, I want to direct this movie. I I want to to take everything that you... I mean, we have Halloween 2 that finally announces, oh, my God, they're brother and sister. Oh, Wow. You know, and they bring back Donald Pleasance, who's probably one of the best actors in the world. Ah, man, I, you get me excited. I love Halloween 1 and 2. Like, I'm probably going to watch those tonight and, and go to work tomorrow um, feeling like crap. But I just, it. it would be worth it. If I could stay at work for it, it'd be totally worth it. But I disagree with 2 being better, but I agree with them both being perfect. I think my main reason I like 2 a little bit better is because it had such a great ending to what I thought was a great two films. Like, when the first one came out, it's like it leaves it on a cliffhanger. And then I thought, this is just going to be like a bunch of uh, slasher films. Like, it's never, you're never going to really get anything satisfying. But it did. Like, what slasher, like, series gives you a satisfying conclusion? And basically, it's Halloween and Halloween 2. I just, I can't think of any more where it's like, it was basically Donald Pleasance who played the psychiatrist, um, Dr. Loomis. It was him versus the psychopath that he he failed to cure. And he basically, he was seeing evil through one of his patients. And 
just like the way it ends with them both mutually dying. Yes, I know there's more and they're both in it, but it, fuck those films. It, they both die at the end. And I just thought it was such a great ending that to see that for a slasher series was just so amazing to me. And I guess I had to give it to it just because it's something you really don't see often, that kind of genre. And I, I was just very impressed by it. Very, very nice. And, um, the one thing I will say about Halloween 2 that is really cool, just a piece of trivia for people who may not know. Halloween 1, there was multiple people who played Michael Myers. You had Tony Moran, who was kind of like the face. You had Nick Castle, who was the shape. And then, of course, you had you know John Carpenter and you know some producers and Tommy Lee Wallace, who took turns you know wearing the mask for fun. But in Halloween 2, you had Dick Warlock, who played Michael Myers the whole time because dick warlock was a stuntman at the same time so he was able to say i was the first person to play michael myers and no not just the hands or the face but that was me that was all of me and that's really cool oh definitely so i'll tell you what paul um looking back at my list i'm out um in prep for this that was everything that i thought of for this last minute chat that we decided to have but I will let, if you have more, we can connect with you before I say what I'm going to say. I think the only other one I have left is another one where it's, once again, it's personal preference because the first one was very good. It's The Godfather Part 2, which, oddly enough, both that and the original are on the AFI 100. I thought that it was a film that really developed the character much better. It's kind of sad because since the original Godfather was, well, he died in the first one, he wasn't in it. But I thought that seeing how his son carried on the business and everything and just just the fall of his character and it ends in such a downer because he like basically destroyed his life. He tries to escape from being part of this, the family business and all that. But just in the end of the second one, he realized he failed to escape from that. It was always meant to be part of him. And I thought that was just such a great film overall, just seeing the, his family falling apart and... Seeing the backstory behind his father was really interesting. Yeah, overall, that's one of the film's few sequels where, yeah, I definitely think the second one is better than the first one, even though the first one is a very good film. I have not seen any of the Godfathers. <laughs> the first two were good. I actually haven't seen the third one, and I'm hesitant to see it because the first two are really good. Back when I was like, let's see, here's... Oh, hell, like 16 years old. I used to work at a place called Blockbuster Video. You may have heard of that, Blockbuster Video. <laughs> Is that some kind of weird streaming uh, I don't know. It may be, maybe it's like Iowa. Maybe it never existed. Um, but, yeah, I uh, started working there. You know, I love movies. I want to work in a store where I get free rentals. This is the perfect job. And then my boss is like, hey, Dave, if I had known you'd never see The Godfather, I would have never hired you. <laughs> So that, that little story reminds me of it there, but uh, yeah, I, yeah you're, by your definition, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's just not my type of movies, but um, I know that uh, you're not alone with that. I have heard um, a lot of people who like the original like the second one as well, so I'll give it to you, though. The Godfather movies are definitely films that originally I had no intention of watching, because like, I don't really like mafia films, I don't really like films about organized crime. But when I saw it, I'm like, wow, there's a lot to these characters and the story, and it's perfectly directed. Like the um, the, sh- the camera shots and the 
the symbolism of like different aspects of it are is just amazing and it makes for a really good a really good story like like i said i really don't like mafia stuff i never watched a single episode of the sopranos and or do i ever intend to but you know taking those films is just like character studies or like just watching these people in their lives it was really interesting and i i was very impressed by it okay you know if if they had filmed it years before and let humphrey bogart be the godfather i would have loved that that i would have watched that would have been cool the marlon brando is the original was that that's that's pretty much unbeatable and i i, I love humphrey bogart but marlon brando his manner of speaking was just made for that film okay you know what if we got time for it, I just had one pop into my head, and I will stand behind this one. All right, you ready for it. this? Yeah. I'm wondering if this crossed your mind at all tonight. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, over the first one, because that movie was fun as hell. Yeah, I knew most people I knew would like disagree, but I'm, I'm actually going to agree, just because the Ninja Turtles is such a ridiculous concept, like... It's, I mean, I, I love the Ninja Turtles. I grew up watching them, but it's such a, it was actually made as a parody. Like, it was supposed to be a joke on the ooze that mutated them was the same ooze that, like, that blinded Daredevil and gave him his super senses. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, the second one, just with how ridiculous it is, and just like, and they have Vanilla Ice, like, randomly coming up yeah, with yeah. a rap about them. It's, it was funny, and I, I enjoyed it. Like, it's not a, particularly great film but i like it because it was the first one that didn't take itself seriously whereas the first one it's it's well made but it takes itself way too seriously it's like okay you you do realize they are still talking turtles and a giant talking rat like all right you know yeah foot clan and technically it's better written than the second one but the second one just doesn't care and I love that factor about it. Like, I I don't really like how the first one just takes itself too seriously. There are definitely good things about the first one, and definitely great individual scenes in it, but, I mean, it's the Ninja Turtles, for God's sakes. You can't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, the first one had a darker setting. It almost wasn't for kids, right? It, it, yeah. was, it was, there was some scenes that were really sketchy, but the second one, it's all for kids, man. It's all for families. It's all for fun. I mean, the jokes are hilarious. The fighting is fun. The music is great. Not that I'm a Vanilla Ice fan, but with fighting turtles against snapping turtles and werewolves and everything, I mean, hey, let's give it to Vanilla Ice. You know, in this movie, he made up that song really fast, didn't he? I mean, he's just like, I have an idea. Roll with me, boys. (laughs) But, um... No, man, just the secret of the ooze. Uh, I love David Warner, um, the guy that played the professor in the movie with the large dandelions and everything was really cool. We love Super Shredder, Kevin Nash, right? People who didn't know. I mean, it was a lot of fun, really cool. I actually saw that one in theater. I can't believe I remember that, but who would forget, I guess? Nice. Um, So I don't know what, oh, yeah, I don't know what we were talking about, but I was just like, oh, man, Ninja Turtles (laughs) 2. So, yeah, can't argue that one. Um, yay! So it looks like in our discussion of sequels versus the original, for the most part, we see eye to eye. Oh yeah, and the ones we disagree, it's just like minor like differences. Like we both uh, agree that the first was good, just like um, maybe disagreeing on like which one is particularly better. Yes. Would you be interested in doing a second discussion on this topic? 
oh, most definitely. We should pick one where, what are the worst sequels we've ever seen? Well, even before doing that, and I think that's a great idea, I would like to cast invitations out there to everybody listening. If you come up with an idea, let us know. Hit up Paul, hit up myself, we both have Twitter page, or you can hit us up at the B-Movie Bros page, but if we miss something, or if there is a sequel that you think stands against the original, let us know, because we may take sides with you, and you can see this battle continue, but I would love to do another one of these chats, this is one of the funnest chats we've done on here, and I know there's only a trillion more movies we forgot, so that's okay. But if you guys out there listening, you know who you are. Every other podcast, every other B-movie fan, everybody. If you look over at your movie shelf and you have a guilty pleasure, if you want to tell me that Troll Number 2 is better than Troll Number 1, hit me up. Let Paul know. That'll we got your back. Um, that'll be an interesting discussion. Yeah, if you wanna, even if you want to come on the show and um, defend your sequel... We would love to hear from you. It's just, it's such a fun topic, and it's like something that could literally go on for hours. So, yeah, this was fun. Um, yeah, for everybody listening, thanks for joining, and yeah, let us know in the comments what sequels you want, and yeah, feel free to um hate us as much as you want for the choices we may have made that you don't agree with. Uh, and just remember, Paul's the one that said Halloween Two is better than Halloween One, not me. I'm going to get so much shit for that one, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, everyone, thanks for joining, and have a good night.